Hello, world. I'm Roger Corville, and this is For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible, where we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. You ready? Let's roll. Welcome. One thing you hear me say over and over here is that every one of us runs the risk of wanting to shape the Bible instead of being shaped by it. And one of the themes that I often see read into the Bible is that of social justice, particularly in light of a passage that we read this last week in the book of Luke. Now, Jesus is deeply concerned with justice, of course, but today I'm going to share with you why I think this one particular passage that is often used in that discourse is taken out of context. Hey, Hopeful, Welcome to For the Hope's Sunday Reflection, where we pause our Monday through Saturday, reading through the Bible in a year time together, to do a short reflection, and we'll be back to our trek through the Bible tomorrow. The passage that so struck me is Luke's account of Jesus upending the commerce that was going on in the temple, in the books of Mark and Matthew often referred to as him coming in and upending or overturning the tables of the money changers. Here's the passage, Luke 19, 45-48. He went into the temple and began to throw out those who were selling, and he said, It is written, My house will be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Every day he was teaching in the temple, and the chief priests The scribes and the leaders of the people were looking for a way to kill him, but they could not find a way to do it because all the people were captivated by what they heard. Now, my friends, as I mentioned, you might recall that Mark and Matthew's accounts of the same story include the detail of disrupting the money changers, but I think that's a detail that detracts from figuring out the main point and our question today, really revolving around Jesus' quote of the Old Testament two parts, my house will be a house of prayer and a den of thieves. What was the point of all this purging that Jesus is doing? Why the emotional outburst, so to speak? So let's consider the setting. In the Old Testament law, all the Israelites had to travel to Jerusalem for Passover, and everyone was on the hook to bring something. You might recall from our recent reading in the book of Deuteronomy Deuteronomy 16, 17 said, Everyone must appear with a gift suited to his means according to the blessing the Lord your God has given you. But think about it. Everybody's got to travel to Jerusalem, but traveling a long ways with family and bringing along a live animal to sacrifice isn't exactly convenient. From a business perspective, this is where currency is useful as a medium of exchange. We travel there with money, then we buy something. That's a whole lot easier. Rather ironically, in that Deuteronomy passage, right after the passage that speaks to everyone participating, God through Moses exhorts the people to appoint righteous judges. So the setting is the outer court of the temple, right? This is not the inner court. This is the outer court where even the Gentiles and the resident aliens could be. That's where Jesus was teaching. And another bit of evidence that God's heart 
is for all people, right? It, the passage we just read said they were all fascinated. Well, here's Jesus, the Savior, the Son of God, found outside of the Holy of Holies, where hypothetically is where you get close to God, right? And those people who, are, who were selling in this, what they call the Court of Gentiles, were probably in the stalls in the colonnades which lined the sides of this particular court. Now, on the surface, commentators believe that the sellers were likely charging a surcharge on top of what they were selling and taking advantage of people who were there to buy sacrifices. It was probably noisy and disruptive, and some people, like R.C. Sproul in his commentary, think that the temple leaders were lining their pockets the opposite of righteous judges. Let's look a little deeper at what Jesus said. He goes, it is written. So here's Jesus quoting as authoritative scripture, right? What we would think of as the Old Testament. If you ever need places where you want to go, oh, did Jesus affirm the divine inspiration and authority of the Old Testament? Yes, he did. But he said, it's written. My house will be a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. Now, those two chunks of passages he's using from both Isaiah and Jeremiah, which also alludes to the broader passages where they're found. Today, we're just going to focus on Isaiah. Now, what Jesus cites is Isaiah 56, 7, which shows how the temple is failing to be what it should be. Isaiah 56, 7 says, I will bring them to my holy mountain. Pause. That's in Jerusalem, right? That's Zion. I will bring them to my holy mountain and let them rejoice in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be acceptable on my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer. Catch this. For all nations. My friend, the broader issue in Isaiah 56, chapter verses 1 through 8, where you read that whole thing that Jesus is alluding to, the broader issue is welcoming the outcast. So here's Jesus in the outer court where everyone could come. And obviously, Jesus elsewhere doesn't condemn commercial activity, right? Jesus thinks that commercial activity that was going on in the temple, however, was obscuring its function as a house of prayer. What was going on is the sellers, and by responsibility, the leaders, they were, uh, what was going on was they were increasing the barrier between the people and worship, right? Raise the price, fewer people can afford it kind of context, right? But here's the underlying thing. Thus, Jesus rejects the religious establishment as bankrupt. Commentator Tom Schreiner points this out. A cleansing of the temple was actually expected in the last days, in the last times, Malachi 3.1, and it may have symbolized the future judgment of Jerusalem. I'm going to pause and even just go off my own script here. You might remember that right before this little passage about Jesus going into the temple and and you know upending commerce was that passage where he goes Jerusalem Jerusalem how often I've wished to take you under my wing as a hen 
gathers her chicks, right? That's Jesus's heart. So that's kind of about the prayer reference, right? That, that passage in Isaiah is about prayer and by extension, peace. But what about this den of thieves thing? Well, if Isaiah expresses the hope that the temple will be the house for all nations, the reference to Jeremiah 7.11 is Jeremiah condemning the Israelites' hypocrisy and injustice as they worship at the temple, right? The Jeremiah speech is one of that prophet's most scathing, right? It calls the Jewish people robbers, meaning bandits, just like the thieves that we read about. Now, the term robbers or thieves is actually one here of carrying a level of force, right? This isn't I took a pencil. It's, it carries this level of, of condemnation, right? Because they weren't, exchange, they, they weren't engaged in fair, mutually beneficial exchange. They were taking advantage of people. Again, it's the opposite of God's intent that all would come and worship he created a barrier. And my friends, that kind of gets to the big point. Jesus is cleansing the temple, right? Fulfilling that prophecy in Malachi 3.1, Jesus is cleansing the temple. Notice, my friends, what that means for us, right? Since we are the temples of the Holy Spirit, what does God want to do? He wants to clean us. Why? Because uncleanness, unholiness keeps us from God. So notice this important but subtle nuance. Was Jesus against commerce? No. Was Jesus against those in power? Ah, well, Jesus himself said he came to seek and save the lost. So I don't think so, right? If Malachi, if, if, if that Old Testament references were were about the desire for righteous leaders. Well, does Jesus want leaders to be righteous? Well, I think he sure does. He said he came to seek and save the lost. That is everybody. Was he there to upend the power structures and liberate the oppressed? And the answer is no, if you're talking about earthly power. It is yes, if you're talking about not putting a stumbling block between people and God. Here's my point. The tactic is social justice. The point is cleansing the temple. My friends, over and over throughout the Bible, we see God's desire for the Israelites and now us to be wholly devoted, pursuing holiness and purity. Right? Jesus died on the cross to liberate us from slavery to sin. But think about it. If the point is cleansing the temple, the tactic could have been something else, right? Meaning it would be a proof text. Reading the text as a proof text for social justice is reading something into the text that isn't there, right? It makes the tactic the point, but the tactic isn't the point. The point is cleansing the temple, my friends, is Jesus concerned about social justice? Well, I actually think that the word justice doesn't need a qualifier. It doesn't, we don't need to say social justice or racial justice or, or barbecue justice. <laughs> God is all about justice for everyone and everything. But the 
ultimate justice that we need isn't social. It's spiritual. What we might think of as social justice in a colloquial cultural sense points to a more important reality. The ultimate justice we need isn't social. It's spiritual. The tactic is social justice. The point is cleansing the temple and in the truest sense of what a clean temple points to, the point is our need for a clean heart. I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen.